on. How you doing, brother? Uh, I could use a nap. It was a, it was an interesting day, but uh, I'm all right. How are you doing? I could use a nap too, man. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like, I feel subdued today for some reason. I left work early. I was just like everyone was just fucking jacking me off when I was already chafed. <laughs> what, and, a, what a way to think of it. Yeah, and it just it just wasn't happening. So it was time to get out of the shower and get dressed and go do something better. Uh, so I left work early and uh, just I took a nap and I was just trying to decompress. Man, it's like uh, we celebrated my birthday on Friday and uh, everyone came out. And it was a lot of good times and uh, we went to an arcade bar called Supernova here in uh, the Springs. And it was just a lot of fun, man. It was like we came in right at the right time, around like eight, nine o'clock, and then like by the time we left around like eleven, um, like the place was packed to the fucking gills, and they were playing like shit, like fucking Sandstorm. And uh, it was like <laughs> the second I heard Sandstorm, I was like, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my friend uh, Caitlin showed up, and she's like, "Hey, I got you a present." And I was like, "What'd you get me?" And she's like, "Well." I don't know if you like to smoke weed or not, and I didn't know what sort of weed you like, even though I don't know if you like weed or not at all. But there was some strain called Nightmare. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that sounds like a great time. Yeah, and I was like, Who wants to go smoke my birthday present in open Man. air in the fucking alley, not worried about fucking nothing? So, oh my. Who get. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know this young lady. She's wonderful. And her name is Caitlin, so. Yeah. I have I have judgments, uh, even though I know some decent Caitlins. You either Caitlins are Caitlins are like Joshuas, dude. You either love them to death or they're a complete piece of shit. But this one's one that you. I'll go with that. Yeah. Okay, but this, she this didn't know. Okay, so it just seems like this is me going off out on a limb. But it just seems like I don't know if you like weed, but I got you some weed, and I'm like. What that means is I didn't think about it and I didn't get you anything, so I just grabbed some shit no, that was in a drawer. No, 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 no. She actually she really went, got you something cool. She, she really got me something cool. She went to the dispensary on purpose to find something for me. And oh, well, that's cool. And didn't know what I'd want. And then she's like, well, he's a spooky goth kid, so there's something called Nightmare. I'm sure he's going <laughs> to like it. <laughs> so How did that go? Uh, well, from... My visual interpretations of watching everyone else smoke it while I stood there and, like, let them smoke, um, it hit them pretty fucking hard. <laughs> it hit them pretty fucking hard, and, and, uh, nightmare, yeah, like, uh, smoking weed in college, like, you know, like, the devil's knocking on your door while the cops are behind him, like, paranoia, uh, I, I, I'd like to avoid that, that's why... It's one of those things to stay away from, but my friends... Is that what this that strain was like? Uh, I don't know, but... but oh, you didn't smoke uh, it? No, uh, well, my, 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 my buddies did, and... Um, oh, okay. It was just nice to be outside in open air, and, like, some fat guy in a diaper and an umbrella and a fucking binky was just walking up and down the fucking... the fucking back alley. <laughs> Like, yeah, it sounds like you were uh, seeing something. No, no, that that really happened. And, and like, what, <laughs> what, what, what I liked about it was the cops walked up past us, and yeah. no one, no one blinked a fucking eye. They were there for other shit. They didn't give a shit that a bunch of people were outside smoking weed, like they were smoking cigarettes. They didn't give a fuck. We weren't causing They're not no, hurting we're, anybody. Yeah, right? we, yeah, but it, like, man, if that had happened in Oklahoma, we'd have, <laughs> I'd be getting cornholed right now. Hauled off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was a it was a nice freedom that I, I'm glad my friends enjoyed, and 
There was enough left for, uh, she bought so much, there's enough left for, like, three blunts, and, uh, that's what I'm bringing to the all-out party for the rest of my buddies that smoke, so. Oh, rad. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah I left I'm... it at Cody's house. Cody came and got me afterwards, because he lived, like, a block away, and he, like, he poured me some drinks, and, uh, it was, like, four in the morning, apparently, and, like, he's like, hey, you want a hamburger? I'm like, of course I want a hamburger, and then he fucking started grilling hamburgers at four in the goddamn morning. The best hamburger I've ever had in my life, dude. He didn't even put it on a plate. He just put it on a bun in hand to my hand. It was the hottest hamburger I've ever had. It's like eating, like, fried eggs. Like, like the cold oh, they get the... But if you eat a fried egg, like, fresh out the fucking skillet... Oh, dude, it was amazing. But it was a great birthday party. I got glitter bombed, and, uh... <laughs> yeah. I got glitter bombed. That was pretty cool. And, uh, my friend bought me some socks, and she's like, I know you love socks. And I'm like, great, I love these socks. And then, like... I know you love socks. Yeah, I do. I love crazy <laughs> socks. And I, she'd asked me what I wanted. I wanted the new Blackcraft Colt box, uh, the the Satanic Aliens one. And uh, I opened the box. I opened the card, and I get glitter bond. And she's like, "Read it." And and Jill's there too. She's one of my favorite people in the world. It's like, "Read it." And it's like, it's Christina, and then Jill. And she's like, "Read the other part." And I flip it around, and Jill's like, "I signed over here, over, um, over here too, because I love you that much too." And then she's like, read the other part, and then it was like, I scooped away the glitter, and it was like, you, I ordered you your fucking Blackcraft bo- box, dude. <laughs> fucking relax. And then I closed it, and she's like, it was so fucking funny watching you <laughs> pretend to be okay with getting socks, knowing that you'd ask for the fucking Blackcraft cult box. So that was really fucking cool. It was a nice, it was a nice rib on me, and uh, glad that. And uh, my buddy Gunther got me um, a uh, Venus flytrap. And a cactus. Oh, from, cool! Yeah, very cool for my desk, and a really cool Batman, uh, Batman uh, card. And um, Caitlin brought us some nightmare. Cody made hamburgers. Uh, Jonathan just kept fucking feeding me shots. And uh, yeah, it was it was a probably one of the best birthdays ever, man. Nothing went wrong. I got home around four, and um, took me until probably about mm, Sunday night till I felt okay. <laughs> Shoot. And by the way, for anyone that gives a shit, I'm 37, but I still look like I'm 24. It's awesome. Kind of, yeah. You something about your eyes and your your skin. It stays that. You've got that that appeal. I think we're two guys that. I, I had somebody asking me how old I was the other day. Nobody can ever believe it. I was like, yeah, turns out I'm a lot older than everybody. I figured it out today. I had a customer ask me, and she's like, "Really? You sound like you're like so much younger." And I was like, "Oh no, you see, I got really lucky." And I have terrible taste in women, so I've never been married. <laughs> yeah, is... that goes a long way. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. I got a little bit of a cough. Hmm. It's all right. What have you been up to, man? Thanks for letting me uh, rant about my birthday. Oh, man. I'm just sorry I can't make it up there to do stuff with you. Because it's your birthday. Nah, it's all right, among man. Other, among have... other entertaining times. We've had crazy laughs. We've yeah, had... just, you know, it's tough not being close to one another. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I live in the responsibility life. I mean, uh, I got called inexplicably to come be a grip on a movie that's filming in my town uh, last week. Can you and explain, I, I, can you explain yeah. what a grip is? So when you look at the credits, you see all of those different credits, and you get down there and you're like, okay, here are the grips, and here's the dolly grip, and here's the key grip, and... Here's the best boy. What the hell does all that mean? Okay, well, the key grip is the department head. 
They're the person that's in charge of the grips. The grips are, you have electricians and you have a gaffer. The gaffer is in charge of making sure that the light is, uh, that the show has the creative lighting that it needs. Um, and that's a whole complicated thing, you have to science. And then the electricians um, and the Best Boy Electric are all involved in that process. The grips support the gaffer and the uh, electricians and the, uh, the DP, the director of photography, or you, you probably hear it called cinematographer when uh, people are being proofy and bourgeois. Um, so the grips shape the light, and they make the light look real. Okay. And I re- the first thing I did... They, they basically, they, they called me because they were like, okay, well, we know he's not working on any shows right now. Everybody else is working on all of these cheap shows that are going on in state. And uh, I'm not trying to be a prick, but I was like, I'm not working for these rates. And I know how hard what I do is to do. So I'm beyond just banging my head against the wall for no good money uh, for a show that nobody's ever going to watch. You know, there's just a lot of that out there. Um, this isn't the market where they're constantly making a new Captain America movie or something. You know, they're not right. making the new Amelia Clark movie or whatever. And so, uh, you know, they, there's these daffy little shows going on. And they were like, oh, hey, well, let's call Colin because, you know, this, this thing we need him to do is kind of like a crafty type of thing. Well, now, hold on, the word crafty, when you're talking about film, it means something different, and I'm not going to get into that. But it's art department. I am an art department guy. I am a production designer, a props master, a, uh, a set dresser, an on-set dresser. Those are the things I do. I'm responsible for making the set look like what it looks like. What are some of the props? What, what are huh? some of the bigger movies you've worked on? Uh, the biggest movie I ever worked on was August Osage County. And um, that starred so freaking many people, which is this ridiculous litany of George Clooney's buddies. Because he was one of the producers, and he was there a lot. Um, but I only met him the one time. Is he a tall I, man? No, he's not. He's actually, I'm 6'3", and he is not my height. He is not a tall guy. He's a lot smaller in person. But he's still charming, and he's still funny in, in the one little exchange I had with him. And, uh, so what are we talking like a five foot eight Batman? In which case I would have like shown up on set as any sort of worker yeah, and looked at I, that and laughed and left. Oh, they put him <laughs> in platforms or something. Uh, yeah, I forget he was ever Batman. Um, yeah, yeah, probably he's five eight or something like that. Five, five eight, five seven. I don't know. I uh, honestly, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm sure it's. I'm sure his. I'm sure his 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 uh, billing height is something online. Uh, so I did that movie, and I did uh, I did a show uh, called To the Wonder with Ben Affleck and Olga Kurlienko, and Rachel McAdams was in it, and um, Javier Bardem. And it is a it's a Terrence Malick movie. So if you've ever seen The Thin Red Line or uh, Tree of Life, old terrifying you know man that, with white hair. Sorry, old terrifying man with white hair. I didn't think he was scary, but I had a conversation with somebody the other day that said that uh, they didn't get along. I barely had any exposure to him. Yeah. But uh, um, it's a beautiful movie that 
The crazy thing about Terrence Malick movies is that there's no script. Well, there's a script. Right. But usually a script is like 90 to 120 pages, and one minute of screen time is equitable. I guess what I want to say is one page of a script is the rough equivalent of a minute of screen time. Uh, this, this script was a 400-page stack of papers that no one had any access to. And it had, like, three or four different, completely different stories in it. And they shot all of them. Martin Sheen, Rachel Weisz, Barry Pepper, all of them were there on that movie, and they cut all of their roles. Really? Like, you don't cut Martin Sheen. No, you don't. <laughs> I was there on one of the days where Javier Bardem, we made a restaurant out of the... Uh, uh, Triangle Building in Huska, Oklahoma. Paw Huska, if you're looking it up. Um, and uh, consequently, I drove by there the other night. Um, and uh, we did a whole scene there between Javier Bardem and Barry Pepper. We made it into a restaurant, and it didn't even make it into the show. It's so strange. And the movie's like two and a half hours long. But it focused mainly on the first three, three people I talked about, Ben Affleck, uh, Oligo Kurlienko, and... Uh, Rachel, I'm sorry, uh, Rachel McAdams and Javier Bardem. Uh, and it's funny because they're the two big guys in the movie and their paths barely cross in it. Fascinating. Uh, it's a beautiful movie, but it'll probably drive you crazy. Um, those are the two biggest movies I worked on. I did do some construction, some set construction on Alita Battle Angel down in Austin. And um, I, did an, I did a movie that I wouldn't qualify as being a big movie in New York called Anesthesia, and it uh, had uh, has a ton of people in it, Glenn Close being one of them. Uh, and Corey Stull from that vampire series that Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro did on FX. Okay. The Strain. Yeah. Uh, Corey Stull, yeah. Oh, I just got an emergency alert. You got, a, you got a tornado um, coming? No, not tornado tonight. Uh, yeah, so, okay, the grips shape the light, and they make it look real. And um, that is a complicated process. Sometimes you're putting, a, you, sometimes electrics put up a light outside, and then they put a outside of a window, and they put a tree branch in front of it to make it look legit. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes they shape it to make it come in at an appropriate angle, and it's all about magnitudes. It's all about how you can flank a light source with uh, what we call flags. Um, which are not, you know, rippling in the wind. They're sturdy fabrics. And then uh, putting different sources of diffusion in front of a lamp to make the light look uh, uh, appropriate because it's movie lamps. And it's right. you don't just go into a hospital and use the real light. You, you turn off all the lights and you use movie lights because you're lighting what the camera's looking at. Can't, so, use, a, can't use a horses on screen. Uh can't use cows on screen. Got got to got to use horses. Huh. <laughs> Simpsons reference. What is that from? Damn. <laughs> I did not get that one. Uh, They're painting. What on. it came down to was I I went to uh, grip on this movie that I'm not going to name right now. They've got some issues, um, and uh, I'm a union guy. And this weekend. I became a union officer for my region, the Oklahoma region, all of it, uh, within my union local, uh, I guess in December. And um, 
So I was trying to get, trying to do like a uh, a drive for membership of people in this in, in Tulsa and statewide. We had a, a get together on Saturday night, which went really well, and we had our regular meeting on Sunday, and I think that went really well. I mean, all of these shows that are in state right now are. Um, some of them are signatory, and they have a union contract, and some of them don't, and uh, it varies on how much support anybody can give a show that doesn't sign. Um, and, you know, people who are working on non-union shows in a non-union capacity are not getting benefits. They're not getting necessarily appropriate rates. Right. It's a lot. So I did all that. It was a busy, busy freaking weekend, and then today I got up and rented some materials to a commercial and then I, I I did tons of weird crap today all culminating at the end of the day with me trying to build like some shelving into my storage closet on my balcony because I just had tools all over the floor in the house it's just this constant mess in here because I'm still in between settling into the place I've just I've had it so I was like really running a mile a minute right then when we talked earlier no it's fine man like i i was running my mind last night and you're like what are you reading i'm like i can't stop reading nightfall <laughs> oh dude totally now did you read the whole thing or did you, i know it's broken up into different trade read into the whole thing collections. read the whole fucking Jeez. thing did you have the whole thing in one book or was it three books or something it was like four of them four of them yeah god i remember but yeah, i've got i've got i think the trade paperbacks at home for the collections. You gotta realize how quick of a read that those Batman comics were. I mean, they, they put as much as they could, but it wasn't, like, Watchmen quality, like, where it takes, like, ten minutes to read one page. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that we actually really were talking about the other day, guys. Uh, oh, that's how, right! How, how long it Dude. takes you to actually read a comic book. We're actually gonna do a, a, a actually science a science experiment on this, on... We're going to gather certain comic books and we're going to figure out which ones are good to read and which ones are short to read and whether if it's good or not. Because we talked about, yeah, we can read a Walking Dead comic book in five minutes, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And there's some comics that will take you ten minutes to read a fucking ten pages and or one page and that doesn't mean it's good. So we're going to we're gonna execute that pretty soon on a long box issue of uh, Minefields. Yeah, let us... Let, hey, guys... All you MFers out there are uh, the peace-loving uh, listeners and subscribers to the Minefields Comic Podcast. Please let us know what kind of factors you think we should incorporate into our algorithm here. Because I, I was There's like, little things. At, the ve- at the very least, you know, okay, do we all select the same book and then we see what on average... We just, yeah, Joshua and I, we got into a, uh, an interesting conversation. We apparently talked plenty, in case you guys didn't know that, when we're not podcasting as well. And uh, talking about what aspects we needed to pay attention to. And um, I think we should have been writing it down, but uh, it was one of those moments where I was pacing around the house. I agree, but, um, like, there's so many, like, different variables. Like, even, like, the education level of the person reading it. Sure. And I'm not just to prove that someone with higher education can read a comic faster. I mean, like, what if they just completely biffed it and missed all the great stuff that someone that doesn't even have a GED, like, caught and just slaved over? I, I, I want that sort of thing. We, 
that's that's one of the things that why we exist in the first place because we we're gonna talk about whatever the hell we want to. But this is important to us. This is a medium. Yeah. That, this is a medium that um, we love and worship. And to put in perspective, uh, the average I think like when I was in art school, the average time a average gallery goer spends staring at a painting or a sculpture is like twelve seconds. Not even. Oh man. It's it. That's it. Weird. That's it, and I, I've seen it in action. Like, oh, you, you look at it, and you see the people trying to look at it, and then you can tell the difference to the people that are like slaving. Like, how did he do that? You'll see them squinting their eyes and like, and like turning their head. Like when you talk to a dog, weird. And like, are you talking to me like that? And like, how the mm-hmm. hell do they fucking do that? And then, the, and then you see the people like standing back, like trying to look intelligent, trying to understand like what's going on, vainly furrowing their brows and. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to understand why this painting is important when it's probably not. It's some shitty fucking arts and crafts fucking like, dude. Landscapes to me are arts and crafts, man. That's that's shit that you get at Hobby Lobby. Not, not like in my opinion, like graffiti. Oh, I don't know. Gra- graffiti art is better than fucking landscapes unless they, the form is right. But that's a whole other different conversation. But you get what we're saying. Um, yeah. Nightfall. The reason we're entirely talking about Nightfall is because we actually uh, like to talk about comic books on this podcast. And um, <laughs> I didn't know if anybody knew that yet. Yeah, we've got a couple of a uh, couple of good ones we want to talk about. We're not going to get too hardcore like we usually. We usually do about ten. We've got about eight. Uh, we might not even get to all of them, depending on like how far we get into the subject of the matter of like some of them. Uh, Batman number seventy six, City of Bane part two, Invisible Woman number two, Harley Quinn number sixty four, Absolute Carnage number one, Dead Man Logan number ten, Daredevil number one, number nine, which was oh, we're gonna have to do that one last. Savage Avengers number yeah. four. And Black Cat number three. Uh, okay, so Nightfall. So, in order to understand what's going on in Batman right now, so let me pull it up here. Let's see. Batman, where are you? Batman, Batman, Batman. Number 76. We've got a crazy cover of Batman getting thrown into the air, uh, being held completely like a baby by a big giant Goliath Bane, and he's his body is breaking the Batman logo, and Bane is just about to pull his knee out. You know, just, again, that that knee shatter shit. Uh, we're looking mm-hmm. at... Let's pull up the credits here. Tom King, writer. Tony Daniel. Pencils. Daniel. Sandu Florea. And Norm Rapmund, inks. Tomeu Mori, colors. Clayton Cowles, letters. Daniel Mori, cover. Gabriel. DC's Clayton Cowles? Yep. <laughs> but it doesn't mention it, Prolific. though. Prolific. It, it doesn't say VC's? It doesn't say VC on this one, so uh, he was probably uh-huh. doing some uh, little extracurricular, extracurricular work here. In order to understand what's going on right now in night, in uh, City of Bane, you have to understand what happened in Nightfall. Now, a lot of you people uh, think that you know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to Batman. Some of you actually do. Um... If any of you thinks that... Um, Throw down the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, I am. If any of you thinks that Bane and the Dark Knight was in any, any way a formidable character, can eat a big fucking bag of dicks. Because compared to fucking actual Bane from the comic books, you don't know the fuck you're talking about. Like, trying to tell me that Heath Ledger was the greatest Joker ever? Fucking get out of here, dude. He was barely crazy. Uh there was no gas. I mean, like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, he died. He OD'd at a fucking Olsen twins house on God knows what, and who gives a shit? 
did you personally know him? Did he personally affect your life? Uh, unless you're gay and Brokeback Mountain fucking inspired you to get out of the fucking closet, fuck off. Um, it, he was a terrible joker. Rain it the fuck in, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Sorry. Uh, obviously, I've got some issues with uh, the Dark Knight. Um, Bane started in prison. He actually was the offspring of a man that was responsible for a failed coup, and he had to pay the price for his dad's uh, insurrection because the dad died in interrogation, and he was raised in prison. Uh, read everything he could, became as smart as he could, as smart as he is, as strong as he could, and figured out that that there was a town, a city named Gotham that was the most formidable city in the world, and it was owned by the Bat. And in his mind, the Bat was the person he needed to break. Not because he wanted to be the biggest, baddest badass in the world, but because that's what his culture was like in prison. Eventually he finds out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but in order to actually break the bat, you don't just show up and break his back and, you know, like destroy a football stadium and then uh, have a really odd, silly accent, whatever the hell that was, for his mask that they couldn't take off that had no venom uh, whatsoever that made him any way big or in any way... He's wearing a parka in Gotham City in the summer. Okay, um... Yeah, I had some issues with that shit, man. Uh, anyway, um... Yeah, that movie was a little difficult. The, the the way to break the bat was to not just break him physically, but mentally. So, in order to do that, he broke everyone out of Arkham. Everyone's ran out of Arkham. Like, hey, what's out, What's all these goodies outside of Arkham as this place is burning down and getting blown up? Oh, a bunch of guns to shoot all the cops with. Awesome. Uh, everyone takes off. Batman and Robin spend a week, maybe two weeks, trying to wrangle everyone up. Uh, the the blood bloodshed blood count is going down 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 down. I mean, it's it's it, there's like when Spidey shows up, you know, this is the last time no one dies here. Batman says that a few times. Uh, he's too late every time, and every time he's getting more and more broken and mentally, especially when Mister Zaz was the one that got him in the first place. The one that first showed the cracks in the in the structure was Zaz. He's killing women in a uh, a women's school. And punishing anyone for interfering with what he's doing. And he tells the bat, you're just like me. You like the darkness. You you, you relish this. We may be the same, but you, you know, you're coming from a good guy's point of view. I'm coming from it from my point of view, but we're still the same. We just have to we just have arguing different points. Now what's going on right now in City of City of Bane is that uh Flashpoint Thomas Wayne is now the Batman uh, from the last uh, two issues ago from the pit. Uh, Bruce is gone. We've talked about it. I believe we've talked about this one. And yeah, we did kind of talk yeah. about that, but I'm a little hazy on where Thomas Wayne even comes from. Uh, one of those alternate, dad, right? al- yeah, alternate reality from Flashpoint. Um, he's here. Okay, that's acceptable. He's ruling it. over Gotham, but at the same time, the criminals are actually the policing the place. And there is no in and out. And... What's going on is that the government is taking great pride in the fact that they have figured out a way to quell the violence in Gotham, and that is to not let any superheroes in and no super, <laughs> no, no bad guys out. They, they rule the place. Uh, the Riddler and the Joker are the top two fucking detectives that are going on here. 
Um, what? Is this like No Man's Land? It's pretty much No Man's Land. It's it's awesome. It's really cool. And that, of course, happened after an earthquake, didn't it? Uh, I don't remember the earthquake in particular. I feel like that was the case, because I remember a whole thing about how uh, uh, Nightwing came in from Bloodhaven to try to help out because the situation was so bad. I, that was when I got back into Hero Clicks, which we will end up talking about later. Anyway, go. So we've got a uh, superhero trying to get into Gotham, and a very small blonde girl stops him. Gotham girl. Uh, let me read to you what that's going on. Uh, orders are in for the president. All superheroes are forbidden from entering Gotham. A lot of folk are listening, probably because they never got an order before. But I've gotten plenty, and I can tell a good one from a bad one. And I know when you've got to follow and when you've got to lead. And Gotham Girl is staring at this Dr. Manhattan son bitch. And she's like, cool, now get out. And she breaks him four ways from Friday. Then we encounter Thomas Wayne, the dark Knigget, uh, shooting people. He's got a big giant fucking, uh, this, he's got a hand cannon, man. Like, uh, this has got to be a... 50 cal this has got to be a fucking 50 cal in his hand man like he's is it a revolver or a handgun like a semi-automatic can you see we see that thing i mean it just looks like a beretta yeah i'm thinking it's a desert eagle (laughs) if not desert eagle if 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 not bigger uh but gotham girl fucks this guy up there's this d-lister named the kite and it's just this episode is just strictly setting the scene for what's going on in Gotham right now. And Selena Kyle is doing everything she can to keep Bruce Wayne alive and hidden. And I'm, I'm liking it. But at the same time, though, it's they're introducing you to all the, the integral players, which this is all completely, ins- what I'm getting to, this is all completely inspired by Nightfall. I like this. This is, inter- this is interesting. If anything, Batman will occasionally go in... Like the people who get their they get the reins of Batman will occasionally go in and make it a whole new thing. Yep. Even if this is a follow up to uh, Nightfall, but I, it's I don't I wouldn't want to say it's like a this isn't Nightfall Part Two. That's not what I'm saying. What is I'm, this a generation defining Batman story? Do you I think? would say I, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yes. Okay. Great. That's why I'm bringing it up, and you can't. You can't go forward unless you understand what happened in the past. Now, they're not copying all the ingredients that they use for Nightfall, but they're certainly using the hodgepodge uh, eccentricities of it, and you can. there's certain spots where you can tell which was from Nightfall where they took the leaping off point to get to point A to point B, what's going mm-hmm. on in the city of Bane. To make Are Bane... they flashback? Are you doing any flashback no. pieces with this? No, no. Okay, okay. No, this is, this is full speed ahead. And like I said, this was setting the scene. So after this one, it's going to get a little more, uh, get a bit more heavy duty. Like if you guys read Nightfall, um, in order to read Nightfall, you had to read the Azrael books beforehand when they introduced John Paul, which is the the jumping point. So you had to introduce all these little little guys that are coming in. John Paul, who's going to become Azrael, is going to become Batman. You had to understand uh, when the, um, the when they introduced Bane, Avengers of Bane, number one, and. Who's, who the hell is this guy? This is a number one, and what's going on here? And then uh, he shows up and pumps the, the Riddler full of venom, and then they shoot him up four ways from Friday, and he still lives. And how is that even relevant to what's going to happen later on at the end of the story? Which is what's going on with this guy who I... Because I'm, I'm not that DC literate, I 
like I said, he looks like this Dr. Manhattan motherfucker with a uh, Star-Lord symbol in the middle of his chest that gets fucked four ways on Friday by Gotham Girl. And he's like, I've been punched by the greatest, but not like that little girl. What, uh, okay, okay, what's the title of this book again? Batman. Batman, City of Bane, right? 76. No, this is... Oh, this is just Batman. Okay, this, this is, is the Batman, Batman 76, title. yeah. It's, Batman it's just okay, called City of Bane. Um, I'm really excited for it, man. And... Man, I really don't know what else to say about it, other than that, uh, if you guys want to have a really good time, I would suggest, uh, before you dig deep into it, just get the DC app. It's probably one of my favorite things right now. You can read the entirety of Nightfall, except uh, one key issue with the Joker... Um, but if you miss it, that's okay. Um, you know, there's just one issue missing on the DC app from Nightfall. But you can read all the uh, Azrael books, uh, Vengeance of Bane, and if it corres- corresponds to any sort of cartoon or any movie, it'll even suggest it to just let you go down further down the rabbit hole. I really love this DC oh, app. Oh, that's man. neat. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like, um, Dude, that's the mark of a good... Uh, a good uh mechanism to be able to direct you into further furthering your experience right. with the brand. Right. It, it, it's not an algorithm that you go to eBay and look for one thing on your work computer and then you get home to your home computer and it happened to know that you search for that and all of a sudden the ads start popping up that you, you look for something. No. You you Oh dude well, what what the, the hell couch yeah. the couch ads are out of well, well, when it comes to the DC app, I was like, okay, I want to watch Doom Patrol. Watch Doom Patrol. Like, mm-hmm. did, you, did you like this? Did you like this television yeah. series? Would you like to read the comics? Uh, here's these ones. Or if you're some crazy asshole like us, do you not give a shit about these Doom Patrol comic books and only care about the ones that say Grant Morrison wrote them? Then click here. <laughs> then click here, because this is all the Grant Morrison stuff. And I'm like, oh, thank fucking anything that's listening. What a... What a great rabbit hole to go to. It does the same thing with Swamp Thing and Constantine. I was just like, did you like this? Try this out. Uh, other people who listen to this, the algorithm is only working better for you. And, like, it, I think that's one of the reasons why I got so far down the rabbit hole in this one was because I was reading everything I could about Bane just to get a good refresher before this. Um, like, awesome. And the same thing happened, uh, was it two weeks ago or last week when uh, a new Absolute Carnage number one was coming out? So I went and reread oh, yeah. Maximum Carnage. And uh, the Marvel app did suggest things, but it wasn't nearly as intuitive or as uh, responsive or it, didn't, it doesn't load as well as the DC one. The, the DC one has superior uh, coding. But Awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the, the, the $10, like, Josh called me, and he was like, XTN wants to read some Batman comics. I'm like, you called your man. And he's like, which one should I buy? I'm like, do you have a do you have a iPad or a uh, fucking tablet? He's like, yeah, we've got an iPad. Then don't buy anything until you just buy the DC app and then write these down and find them. They're all on there. Fucking Hush is on there. Uh, well, they removed it for a bit because the the... The Hush animation came out this week, and actually last week, and I don't know what they're doing. It disappeared for a bit. But even then, um, if you just want to get your fucking fingers wet, just get the app. And if you want the the awesome you know graphic novel and it's on your shelf or find the single issues, yeah, good. You know, dude, go find it instead of buying some piece of shit Elseworlds Elseworlds thing that you think is gonna be worth a lot of money and it's just crap. 
just needs to be recycled. I don't know. Like, I'm rambling here, man. Help me out here. No, it occurs to me. It made me think about it. You just said Elseworlds, and I was just like, man, I mean, unless we're drawing these characters, it just... We've had this conversation before, I think. You know, what what good is doing some giant story if nothing ever persists from it? And that's what I dig, is that you're talking about Thomas Wayne being the Batman, and I'm like, okay, so they did something, and they maintained that character, and that makes it relevant. And then you go back and you look at all the X-Men stuff, and you had the you know, the young X-Men running around doing things for so long, and what's left from that? You you're, know? you're talking Who's... about Blink. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about characters like Blink that show up in a random, like, Elseworlds thing, and then they're like, it's too good not to be left out, and let's just figure out a way to get her to, well, the, I mean, to the main yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, even doing that, like, oh, Old Man Logan is making so much money, we're done being able to write any Old Man Logan stories, so let's get Old Man Logan to be the currently the flagship Wolverine character right now while we <laughs> kill Logan. Um, and it's yeah. just like, it's the same thing. It's just like, okay, so even when you go into Endgame, if you have seen it, uh, at the end, Gamora is not Gamora. It's a different Gamora because it's the Gamora from uh, the time alteration because of the time stone. And, um, you know, that's consequences. I totally like that. When, the, when something persists because of consequences, and I think that's one of the reasons we both like Daredevil, because they keep referencing back to things that have happened in his life. And, uh, and I think that's something that we see happen in, uh, in a lot of more confined stories. You can't do it in the Avengers. It's just like, okay, we're going to change the Avengers lineup. Why? For whatever reason, any number of reasons. Oh, there was an alternate universe thing, and now, like Guardians of the Galaxy, that's what they're doing right now. And, uh, you know, you've got Beta Ray Bill, you've got the guys that escaped from the black hole at the beginning of the run, and they're, they're the characters, because Moondragon and, uh, um, wait, Moondragon. Is it Moondragon? Yes. Moondragon and, um, it's not Philobel, it's, uh, Oh, the Celestial Madonna! How I lost, I lost it. Anyway, uh, you know they're they're from another universe, and no one makes any mention of it at all. Hmm. And it's just like, oh my god! Like, what's it like where you're from? Well, you know, blah blah blah. It's, it all got blown up, or whatever. I don't know. It just consequences are awesome, and I I see that being the beginning of what this story is about. So hopefully, it sticks. Oh, it, 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 this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. If if you've know anything about Nightfall, the the rabbit hole they go through with all the bad guys, uh, the Joker and Scarecrow that have the uh, the fucking governor or the mayor of the city uh, tied up, and they're constantly uh, gassing him, and ma- they're making crank calls the whole time. That's literally what they're doing. They're making crank phone calls. Like, make a crank call that you're kidnapped, and uh, you're at this fun house, and all the cops show up, and uh, you're on speakerphone, and the cops come into the room, and they realize it's just a phone on speaker. And a bomb goes off and kills like thirty of them, and yeah. and and it's just the Joker and Scarecrow laughing their asses off. Like let's like what what should we do now? Should we call this person and do this again, or should we call uh, uh, another bar and ask for see more butts? I don't know. Let's have some fun, <laughs> and uh, that's that's what they're doing. Uh, and granted, they did do a Simpsons reference. One of the uh, the, the guys on TV that's telling everyone trying to sell his book that uh, basically that the insane are not insane and. 
that if anyone shows up into your house and kills you, it's because you were oppressing them. And <laughs> um, his name is uh, Simpson Flanders. <laughs> his name is Simpson Flanders. And I'm hoping that it's not going to be a Nightfall copycat, but I hope it's going to be a storyline where you're going to have to pay attention and you're going to want to buy all the peripheral books like Detective Comics, Batman, uh, whatever, whatever they, they tied into. Like, just tell us which one we need to get next and when it's coming out, and let's have some fun. And please don't make every issue five dollars, and oh, with geez. with like thirty different variants. Um, uh, that's pretty much all I got to say about that, man. I just hope that they they keep the momentum going and they they have a, a flavorful palette of at least three months of fun. Yeah, and, and good Batman stories and Batman down and out and Selena's taking care of him and of course, you know, that was one of the best parts by Nightfall was watching him getting broken and then coming out of the, the wheelchair and stomping on Azrael and breaking Bane. That was that was a true build up, up and down, like a good DJ mix, you know? Yeah. What do you got? Oh, I was I was cruising around for a second here just trying to find a uh find any information on this character um i read uh i read black cat number three this week and that was just it's been it's been tough with the amount of work that i had going on but uh this is like let's see is it let me go back a page here it's black cat part three but it is the second part of the ongoing story Okay. And I'm starting to look at this book and thinking about how it may not be so much that it's like, hey, as it's going to be an ongoing series, but they're building the storyline right now in such a way as to say, like, okay, well, if this falls apart after six issues, then we can bring it to a successful conclusion, and somebody else can build on it in two or four years when they decide to relaunch a Black Cat title. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like this one has some traction. The question of whether or not anybody's buying it. Uh, I don't know what the sales figures are like for this book, but it's really it's really fun so far. It's just awesome to have the black cat running around with her gang from way, way back. And uh, she's doing a job right now for a guy who took her on um, and taught her a lot of what she knows. Uh, and then they, they've dragged this guy out of, like, 1974 Doctor Strange to be the villain. I just, I love that stuff. These people exist. These characters might have been total throwaways at a certain point in time, but to drag them all out of nowhere and do something with them, underutilized characters are fascinating to me. Uh, you and I have had that conversation a lot of times. Is it is it just bringing out D-listers for the sake of D-listers, or is it someone that, a writer that loved this character and couldn't wait to get their hands on I don't know. We'd have to talk to Jed Vickay, the writer, uh, and figure that out. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Jed McKay. It's uh, Travel Foreman is the artist, flashback artist, Michael Dowling, which is cool because it, you had varying different uh, artistic styles. Uh, Brian Reaver is the color artist, and uh, Theron Delgado is the letterer. Uh, there's a J. Scott Campbell cover. Of course there with, is. With Sabine Rich. And uh, it was... Controlled. What do you mean for for J. Scott Campbell? 
Um, not enough tits? Would he do like like some like B cups? No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it's not enough. I was like, this is an appropriately realistic looking black cat. But of course, she's also holding the all-seeing eye of Agamotto. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, there's also there were variant covers and stuff like that that you can grab if you're into it. Um, but really, I mean, they were they were they were still the situation was still carrying over from them breaking into the Sanctum Sanctorium, Doctor Strange's home, for all of you who aren't aware. And uh, they're in there trying to find the original deed for the island of Manhattan. And so, you know, the guy that trained her is involved in this, and he has clearly got them on a quest to get these different amazing items. And uh, he shows up at the end, and it's always just kind of one of these things like, okay, hey, cool, you did that, now it's on to the next one, and... You know, why are we doing this? What's the big score at it the end? Sounds like an awesome betrayal, actually. <laughs> exactly. And I was I was thinking about it, man, I mean if these were all magical items, it would be amazing because someone could maybe assemble them all into something spectacular or something like that. But, but uh, what sort of story would do that? Every man, <laughs> every story. I've referenced the uh, the eighth day storyline from some time ago, from the early two thousands, I think. The crossover event from uh, Iron Man that branched into a lot of books, and I think it was part of Juggernaut number one, and it is a terrible story with unfortunate art due to its time period because we were coming off of the extreme time, and uh, but still, it's one of these things where it's like this actually is something that could people could do something with. Uh, anyway, blah, blah, blah. I read that a long time ago. I think in, like, 2015 or something. Uh, or 2016. Th- yep. D- does this seem like one of those storylines that is going to peter out because interest fanes within the first two issues and they make them finish it up really quickly? Or is it something that's really thought out and is going to be a solid A-plus book even though hardly no, anyone's yeah. going to buy it? I, like, uh, it stands every chance of just blowing away with the wind, but... It's a romp, and it's, it's, I'm going to keep getting it. It's the best Black Cat book that I've read, that we're solo Black Cat story away from Spider-Man. Or really? Else. Better than Claws with, with Linzer? I don't know. I wasn't so, I, that just wasn't, I don't know. This, I, this, this appeals to my particular uh, interest in, in dragging, not D-listers, but like, S-listers out of nowhere. S-listers. There's a phrase I use when people hire me. I'm like, yeah, you can, you know, you can hire, you can hire me, or you can hire somebody else. But there's a big difference between hiring the A-list because after that, you're hiring off the J-list. It's just not, you know, that I don't know. It might be a dick move, but no, uh, I I appreciate that. That that makes people more interested in. Uh, speaking of uh, J and S listers, uh, just going to briefly touch on it. Uh, Punisher number 14, uh, Frank Castle and War in the Streets Part 3. Writer, writer Matthew Rosenberg, artist Simon Kradonsky, colorist Antonio Fabella, letterer VCs Corey Pettit, cover artist yeah. Greg Smallwood. All I got to tell you is there's some F R Y listers in this one. But the creme de la creme, the real payoff, is Danny Ketch. Danny Ketch. Ghost Rider. Yeah. 
'90s Midnight Suns Ghost Rider in the actual. Oh, that's awesome. The actual bike. The, the the 90s bike not the not the revamped one like this is it's the actual bike from the 90s uh frank shows up hey danny get out of here i want to help you yeah uh yeah, yeah you're coming with me anyway and uh puts a you know sack on his head danny's like uh what's going on he's like oh see those guys over there they're dead and those there's some people around the corner <laughs> that are about to, the the people are gonna come around the corner and they're gonna kill us he's like i can't do this anymore i can't and he looks he looks around and notices the van is parked right next to him. And he's like, oh, shit, it's in the van, isn't it? And he's like, yep. <laughs> yep. And awesome splash page of Denny Ketch hauling ass flaming chains with Ghost Rider uh, riding, sitting, I'm sorry, uh, with Punisher sitting behind him on the bike just executing people as the Ghost Rider just tears through everything. And uh, Moon Knight shows up. Uh, a few other uh, F-listers there, along with uh, the Black Widow. But this is this is such a good Punisher story. But that's all I gotta say about that, guys. Have some fun. Just just know, <laughs> just know that Danny shows up, and that's all you really need to know if if you want to have some fun. And I know there's gonna be some people that are gonna hear. It. Wait, wait, Danny's in it. Okay, I gotta go pick this up. Yep. Good. Uh, what do you want to do next, man? Oh, keep going. You've got so much stuff. Um. Okay, so I feel for bad everyone, I don't have as much material right now. Oh no, you've been busy. Uh, for everyone that's wanting to keep up with uh, Year of the Villain, uh, I would suggest using uh, Harley Quinn number sixty-four, uh, Dark Gifts. It's uh-huh. a fourth wall breaking storyline that ba- breaks it down for you to understand what's actually happening in Year of the Villain. Uh, Luther has figured out a way to wrangle all of the best baddies to do his bidding and gives them special gifts. And throughout this particular issue, he's consistently offering different iterations of Harley Quinn, more and more things that might, might, you know, wet her palate. He even, he even, he even offers her the Joker's head. And she oh, still wow. says she still says no because she's busy like in the hospital where her mom is dying and she's reading this within the pages of an actual Harley Quinn comic book, and he's appearing uh-huh. to her throughout the comic book and in her mind and, and slowly but surely different um, different people in her family show up and different villains that are friends with her are there to support her while her mom is suffering from cancer and eventually he realizes what's going on and he says I can cure your mom. I can cure. And that's where she gets tempted. And that's where you get to uh, the the end where it just says the offer. And writer Sam Humphreys, artist Sammy uh, Boshery, colors by Jessica Colleen and Hi-Fi, letters by yeah. Steve Wands, covered by uh, Gilliam March and Arif uh, Prianto, uh, variant covered by Frank Cho. So it's going to be good, but... It was it was a fun issue. If you guys are figuring out a way to get into it, uh, I would suggest that issue as well as the Year of the Villain issue number one, Sinestro. Or actually, Sinestro Year of the Villain number one. That's it's it's a little dense, but it's definitely setting the stage for Sinestro to be the or to even give us the uh, some gambit or some sort of. Uh, slippery slope for us to believe that Sinestro is going to be the one to pull it off the way he did at the end of uh, uh, Brightest Day. 
he's got the insight. He's got the insight, but it's a little too obvious if if you ask me that they're setting it up for him to be the hero this time. It's got to be someone else. Um, what else we got here? We did. Oh, Invisible Woman. Let's do Invisible Woman. Oh man, totally. Yeah, I'm really liking the direction they're going with this Invisible Woman. I, uh, with a uh, Sue. I mean, let me let me let me pull it up. I was yep. flipping through one of the other ones here. Yep, issue two. Yeah. Bring up these credits here. Yeah, I mean, you got cover credits works. Right? I mean, you've got. Yeah, I forgot that the Black Widow was involved. She was. She's only kind of more or less in it as a a uh, guest star holder. But guest star. Yeah, she's definitely guest starring, but she's she's sent to help with uh, to help her like deal with stuff because they're in Madras War. And I'm digging Ooh. the idea that okay, maybe Black Widow is just going to stay in Madripoor for a while. Like that's she's your gal in Madripoor. That's yeah, but totally it, rad. But isn't half of this in the past, and this is in the the other half was in the future? Oh, hey, there's Jack and KJ. What's up? Hey, Jack and KJ, chiming in. Jack and KJ. Dude, I had no idea. I, I, you're killing me, man. Uh, okay, so I heard both those things in your head, but at the same time, though, I just found out that, uh, like a month ago, that who Max Headroom was, Matt Ferrey. Oh, yeah, Matt Frewer. Frewer, Fru- yeah. I, 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 I had no idea that was him. Yep. I just thought oh, it was the guy. Oh, that's referencing from... me. Uh, doing yeah. That. C- yeah. Catch the wave. No, uh, yeah, Max Headroom just came out on DVD. You can watch all. Uh, well, the whole first season, twenty bucks. You can buy it at Walmart right now. No, I always I wanted have to have a. I up because I don't have twenty bucks to throw at that. And if I w- did have twenty bucks to throw at something, it, I do definitely would not be it, that. But I would totally be getting uh, from the Earth to the Moon, the HBO Tom Hanks produced series about the uh, race to get the uh, to get NASA to the moon. My God, that was a good show. I'm glad, and it, they, you know, the 50th anniversary of the lunar landing and everything, I'm glad they re-released that. It was a seriously good show. Totally underutilized Carrie Elways, by the way. Anyway, uh, yeah, Invisible Woman. Um, who is this freaking guy? Uh, this, this fucking guy. This fucking guy. This, this fucking totally guy. reasonable dude. There's like, right so far, I don't see any reason to dislike this dude. But, you know, I hope that we don't get down to the end and get into some situation where he's obviously the bad guy. He's been setting Too up obvious. this whole thing. It's just Too so obvious. done. It is done. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe he needs help. And maybe she can really do something. And it's a learning experience for Sue Storm, who is a member of the Fantastic Four, the preeminent superhero team of the Marvel Universe outside of the Avengers. So, things being what they are, I never felt, I mean, dude, it just sounds like so stupid to say this, but I don't feel like she's fleshed out that well. And giving her the opportunity to be a spy, let alone a spy for S.H.I.E.L.D., is obvious, but simultaneously like, hey, why didn't we ever do this before? Why didn't we give her this before? Well, she, you know, she's got the kids, and it's just, just, it's like, 
we don't know what to do with her. Let's just throw this out there and see what happens. Well, I this... I, I agree with you, but it's... I I think it's a, like five different things at the same time, though. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not that fleshed out, but at the same time, though, this is an adult conversation. I think someone was inspired by the fact that, like, yeah, you can meet someone, you can be initially attracted to them, but you don't. There, there's no uh, 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 Reed Richards calling in, babe. Where are you doing? What's he doing? Where's he? Are you stay in the same room? This is an adult conversation. Like, yeah, he's obviously attracted. They've got a little bit going on there, but it's not going to go anywhere because they've got their own true morals and what they talked about at the beginning. Um, yeah, right. This is an they, adult conversation. You, Reed ain't freaked out that he's she's hanging out with this guy, and she oh. can control herself. And he, and and you see them drinking coffee. They're not staring into each other's eyes like, oh, I wish we could go in the other room right now. Or, or no, that that. that there, there's some camaraderie here where it, it's an adult conversation that needs to happen. Like you can have an attractive friend that you're not boning and still maintain your good relationships and still be a super spy and a member of the Fantastic Four and and have a pal like Scarlet Witch and or I'm sorry, a Black Widow. Um, mm-hmm. that, that that's the, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I I, I had to. No, I because, get you. If, if really, I if I if I didn't, I'd have lost that thought. You're on it. I'd have lost that thought, and I, I hope I hope I'm not proven wrong. But please continue. No, I mean, you know, yeah, you're reading into it in a way that I wasn't. I'm just sitting there going, man, I cannot believe how little there is to get excited about this character until now. Like for whatever reason, I've never cared about her, and now I'm going, well, I, just you know, yeah, an invisible spy. How rad is that? And force fields and all that other stuff. The most I ever saw that I enjoyed her in was the uh, was the Hickman and Hitch. I hope I'm I hope that's the correct creative team. Uh, Fantastic Four from something like twenty thirteen. Keep keep, ta- keep, keep talking. I'm on it. You're gonna look it up. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I was like, oh yeah, she's totally right. And it turned into Fantastic Force, and you know, I mean, even having her as quasi pretty questionable judgment woman in uh age of ultron oh they killed my family and now i want to kill ultron and i'm willing to go back in time and kill whoever i've got to kill to fix that i've never thought that was appropriate it never made any sense to me that that would work that's not sue storm i don't care what anybody has to say about those circumstances or how broken or defeated they were it just doesn't make any sense to me but um you're you're uh, right you're you're right we were right hickman but also don't forget the malar run too Oh yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so uh, trans getting away from all of that. I mean, the art in this is really, really inventive angles, um, inventive paneling, uh, a bit of digital work. I'm gonna say because you get some lighting effects in here that are really, really good, and uh, there's it just. I'm gonna say this is a very well lit looking. Book. the scenes are set up in ways where it's like okay well you're in madripoor so what would it look like well it looks sketchy as f and uh yeah that's the, the one i'm talking about right now the, the lighting a, huh the lighting yeah no i mean like look at yep. look you've got these guys who are in half light and then they've got underglows and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh then you've got backlighting and things like that that, that turns into a situation where Okay, well, I mean, you just really get a sense of, like, directed light. It's very appropriate. I'm looking at it one is. right now where Black Widow has that guy 
uh, in the you know the by in the, the collar. Yeah. And yeah, and she's not in the light, but then it shows you the directed source of the light. But Sue is in the light, and I'm like, well, is that a metaphor or what? But um, yeah, you know, I mean, it just there's a lot of cool stuff going on. In this a lot of technical prowess. Uh, there was some aspects. Of, how do I qualify this? Um, other than nerddom, but when you no, look at it. what Sue's able to do with her powers in this, you're. You're like, talking wow, about the motorcycle up chase. With stuff that totally makes sense. But I'm looking at the motorcycle chase, and I'm going, "Does the guy when when you're looking through that wall because you can make the wall invisible? Is he realizing that you're able to look at him, or mm-hmm. is it just working on your from your perspective? Because it's all bending light, or is she literally making stuff invisible? Uh, she's she's her own man. freaking daredevil right here. You know, like I'm looking at this and going, she can figure out things with what she can do that no one can do outside of having like psychic abilities and stuff like that. And it's, it's all part of that same business that we've heard several times that she's the most powerful member of the fantastic four. Yeah. Because that power set is incredible. And uh, man, I'm going through this whole book and I'm just checking out all of these different frames and stuff like that. There, there are a lot of textures However, uh-huh. the only the only gripe I have about it is yeah no the the lighting is amazing no they, the motorcycle chase phenomenal uh, the the way they lit things specifically like the the dead guy that just collapsed after taking too many shots he's been poisoned I mean like half of him is illuminated um, yeah the the katana blade that they physique. pull out it yeah is a exactly. very realistic portrayal of a guy in that weight class but go back a couple pages when they go in the bar. Um, uh-huh. yeah, the, the lighting is still, but is still used as a crutch. It's, it's just smeared lighting in the back on a lot of it because you're distracted by pretty eyes and long hair that has no wispiness. Uh, there's a lot yeah, the, of, che- the there's a lot wispy. of cheats. There's a lot yeah. of cheats in the back. Um, but what they beef up, uh, almost equals it out to me, uh, unless yeah. they just, unless they were had an ethos that I don't know about because in one panel you see them walking the bar. There's a bunch of guys in the background looking at who these broads walking in. And then all of a sudden the background is all smeared. Like, like they took a shitload of pictures from a whole guy and then just focus on the chicks. <laughs> and, uh, which is fine. I mean, if that's what they were going for, but at the same time though, I'm, I'm just a little suspicious, but then it gets rocked by the lighting when they show the guy in all white suit. And you, and we've talked about this oh, a million times. Incredible. We talked about it a million times. Who's the bad guy in a room? Everyone wearing black, and there's a guy in, a, in an all white suit. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Nitty in The Untouchables wearing white. He is, you know, you may be after all the bad guys, and everybody might be bad, but Frank Nitty's wearing white in every scene, and uh, he is the most dangerous of the bad guys without it's, having to carry all the responsibility. It's one of my Look favorite the... Simpsons references. Uh, you got to yeah. give me a Simpsons one on this one. Uh, sure. When uh, the Japanese Yakuza showed up to fight the uh, actual Italian mafia on the uh, Simpsons lawn over uh, <laughs> franchise rights, uh, <laughs> the uh, the battle ensues, and nunchucks, big Italian guys with brass knuckles, and Marge is like, "We need, we better, we better go inside." And Homer's like, "Hold on." We can't go inside yet. That little guy over there hasn't done anything yet. And they zoom in on this tiny little Japanese guy in an all-white suit just with shifty eyes. Like, 
we can't go in yet. He hasn't done anything yet. And you know it's going to be good. (laughs) 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 And as soon as the door closed, you hear like, what's up? And like, crash, 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 snap, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all white suit. We need to get some all white suits, by the way. Uh, Man, I've had them, and um, makeup gets all over those things. Because women are shorter than me, and yeah, eyeliner, foundation, uh, yeah, your your white suit does not stay white very long. Dude, by the way, your uh, post on my Facebook for my birthday uh, oh, yeah. actually actually was the best one, not just because you're my best friend and soulmate, but uh, Jill posted the gift, the gift of Jericho, and I didn't think anyone oh, could beat right. that. Yeah, just the gift of Jericho. And then I was like, no one can beat that. And then you post Cubs and Crockett cruising late at night in a Porsche. Ferrari. No, wasn't that the Porsche? No, they never had a Porsche. What was the Ferrari Daytona, but it was actually a Corvette uh, with a a Corvette body with a Corvette engine with a fiberglass fiberglass Ferrari. What was the the first car? Was the black car, right? Yeah, it was a Ferrari, Ferrari Daytona. Well, then there was the Testarossa next, then. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, so okay, because Enzo thinking... Ferrari found out that they were using his car without uh, without without making any uh, uh, serious mention of him, like it was a licensing thing. But yeah. more than that, he realized they had five Ferraris on the show. And none of them were real because they couldn't afford five Ferraris for the different types of stunts that they would do. I mean, you go back to the Dukes of Hazard, and you've got 25 General Lees for different stunts. But then you've got, you know, you've got five different Ferraris for this show. And they that were makes all Ferrari bodies put on Corvette C3s frames, oh, which is nice. appropriate if you look at it. Because, but you realize very quickly that the Corvette C3 chairs... The seats are higher than they should be, and oh. um, some other stuff. And what it what it amounts to ultimately was that Enzo Ferrari was like, "You can't do this. I'm going to cause you guys all kinds of problems if you don't just come to the table." And they're like, "Okay, well, what are we going to do?" Is like, "Well, you have to destroy those other ones." So they they had the episode with uh, who's the guy that played the lawnmower man? Oh, hold on, keep talking. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I can pull he it up. He shows up as a bad guy, and he's like selling Stinger missiles or something that. Are planned to go to Afghanistan or shoot down Soviet helicopters, but he's a weapons guy, and I mean he he there they you know because obvious I don't know what you guys know about Miami Vice, but it's about two undercover cops, Jeff Fahey, detectives, Jeff Fahey, yeah. So uh, and uh, they uh, they get into all kinds of stuff with illicit goods, prostitution, uh, you know, racketeering, gambling, running guns. Running drugs, definitely. But, um, yeah, so that, but, you know, they, they you know, the, the ladies are on the prostitute, are on the, what is it? Yeah, they're on the prostitution beat, the street beat. But So there's an episode where Crockett and Tubbs go out to a uh, sandy beach and they, they're trying to stop this. They've got to get evidence on this guy who's trying to sell highly valuable American military-grade missiles. And, uh... They're like, oh, yeah, well, does it really work? And he's like, oh, I'll show you that it works. And he blows up the freaking Ferrari. And uh, so there's a GIF. Get online and look for the GIF where 
uh, Dwayne, Don Johnson is taking off his wafers, and he, they never come off. He just keeps taking them off, and he's got that stunned expression. That's from <laughs> that episode. That's the expression. When the car blew up, he pulls his glasses off because he loved that car. At least yep. Crockett loved that car. Uh, and so Ferrar- Enzo Ferrari was like, hey, look, uh, you guys can have a Ferrari. I'll get you a Ferrari, but it has to be a real Ferrari. So they got the white Testarossa, which was way more 80s. And honestly, I didn't like it as much. I like that convertible black Ferrari. No, That's no, the end I of that story. The don't, make me, don't make me pull out my Hot Wheels right now, man. I've got both of them. Dude, I did too. It took me a long time to be able to find one of those Ferrari Daytona convertibles. I had to get a Valentine's Day special, and it was silver. If I could have one of those, I'd have one in silver. And then I'd get one in black. Because if I could have one, I'd just get one. Dude, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd be even so... I'm cheap. I'd be so ridiculous as to get a Ferrari. Man, so. uh, if if I won the lottery right now, I would look online and find who has an original Knight Rider and call up like, Hey, uh, I know it's the middle of the night, three in the morning. You don't know me, but I've got a lot of money. Uh, do you have a PayPal account? Uh, I will put... <laughs> what about I will a put video? A, yeah, I, I will put... Fifty thousand dollars in there just for you to know that I'm serious, and that I want that car right now, and uh, I'm on my way the second you say yes. Uh, yeah, but everything inside of it would be Siri. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I've got It'd the probably watch. be Electra or Alexa rather. No, anyway. no, it's gonna be Siri. I've got the watch because like uh, every oh, time yeah. I get my I either woo or but Michael, I can only use my Turbo Boost once per episode. <laughs> when you woo, when oh, you're I having woo. a, a Ric Flair I, moment, is that what you're oh, saying? I, I woo every time I get out of my car. I love my SI. I got a little Honda Civic uh, SI, cool. and I woo every time I get in and out of it. Just woo. But yeah, we've completely deviated from. Uh, uh, <laughs> we are way and, off tonight. Yeah, but uh, uh, Jeffrey Fahey, I, this guy, I've seen in a bunch of stuff, and he's always awesome and terrifying. Uh, and another thing, uh, one of the reasons why those challengers uh, that uh, they use in the Dukes of Hazard are so rare is because they used to fly around where they were uh, filming and in L.A. as well, trying to find as many of them they could with a helicopter and track the people down that had it and pay them cash money for the fucking oh, car wow. because they were crashing those cars. That's why that car is so rare. And if you find one with a whale tail, uh, it's not authentic. Okay. Yeah, the whale tail. No, that those aren't authentic. That that was that's a road runner, and uh, someone is trying to trick you. Dude, you remember when we were uh, going down to WrestleMania and we saw three of them being pulled on trailers in a oh, row? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think uh, I got video of that. I've yeah, got to find you, my. You, uh, you my did video get. You did get video of that. Just make sure you edit yeah. out my fucking fugly ass girlfriend from it too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Just hate anyway, me. okay, Invisible Woman was fun. There you have it. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. progress. There you have it. There you have it. Let's progress. Let's progress. Let's let's progress. Uh, let's. Uh, I let should have read Future Foundation. I did not. Oh, I dude, not I got. It. I skimmed it. It looked like garbage. The the it just. I have no interest in Future Foundation right now. Like they they pull out Yondu and the the artwork is like shitty like late nineties like I wish we were anime artwork and I ain't having it. That's why I said no. Um, I tried to do things, yeah. something with Agents of Atlas. It looked like a fucking great cover painted, and it's just a kid's comic. 
it's Ugh. it's it's a kids comic. Um, Doom Patrol was a big sack of shit. Uh, so is Kick Ass. <laughs> so is Kick Ass, man. I am just so sad how they've run Kick Ass because it it just needs to end. It let it go. You can't just keep adding more people that say they're Kick Ass. Uh, Daniel's gone. It, it, just let it go. Um, let's see. Because we've got a lot of things. There's a few things we need to focus on. The real meat and potatoes. Oh! Savage Avengers, number four. Writer, Gary Dugan. Artist, Mike yeah. Diodato Jr. Color artist, Frank Martin. Letter VCs, Travis Lanham. That's a badass lineup right there. It's a badass lineup. This is High Adventure Wolverine getting swallowed by an evil demigod. Uh, Frank Miller... Not Frank Miller. I, uh, well, it might as well be Frank Miller, but Frank Castle uh, experiencing <laughs> the the zombies of his family tricking him. Electra. I mean, they they really threw me for a loop on this. I thought this was going to be like all these like a lister Avengers really going in on this, and it's it's not. It's Electra. It's obviously Wolverine, so we're gonna have to put up with that. And um, Frank. We've got Conan, a time displaced Conan. So ridiculous, but okay. Uh, time displaced Venom that turns into a giant dragon. Knockdown dragouts. Uh, Voodoo. Oh, Mister. Oh, Brother Voodoo. Love him. It, it's a lot of fun, dude. Uh, guys, if you just want to have some fun, great artwork. Knockdown dragout shit. Just have some fucking fun. This is one of those. This is one of those issues. We gotta, uh, we gotta, hone, we gotta, we gotta hone in. Um, absolute carnage. You didn't read this yet. I read it three. I've read it three times this year. What? I mean, three times. Read it oh, three this times. week. This week. Okay. I meant to say week. Writer: Donny Cates, penciler: Ryan Stegman, inker: J.P. Mayer, color artist: Craig Martin. Okay, so how can I put this? The artist has studied many of the fine masterworks, and I don't mean comic book masterworks. This guy has done his artwork history, or at least failed it a few times and couldn't get out of his head back in back in college. Um the the type of imagery the the way they present each page Eddie Brock is making his way into New York and he knows that Carnage is after him he's yeah. got his son with him that he's pretending is not his son his he's his big brother in some way and they're being haunted by Cassidy and there's some uh semblances uh some uh, uh reverberations from the past when they have that fight in the back in the day when Bagley was drawing it in the subway mm -hmm. and they grab the third wheel, the third, the third rail and the venom symbiote really takes off and protects Brock. Carnage is Cassidy, but he's pretty much just Cassidy from the hips up. The way they design this, he's, he's like a walking zombie Cassidy inside of a God. And Noel is sensing this, and yeah. the whole the whole point of this is to figure out a way to godhood. 
and he grabs the third rail. It fucks up Carnage like it did last time back in the 90s. And he goes and knocks on Parker's door. And Parker and him okay. have to figure Parker and him have to figure it out. But they have to realize what is he really after? He's in New York. They find a mass a mass grave. And why is there a mass grave? What is his real target? And they realize that the last person that really truly touched the Carnage symbiote was Norman Osborne. And Norman is in the raft and they need some help. And they reach out to the last guy that had any knowledge of the the symbiotes at all that was truly experimenting on everything. And that would be... Come on. You know it is. Come on. The Maker. <laughs> Jeez. I was trying to give you trying to give you a little bit of a semblance there. And uh yeah, okay, I'll help you out. We did talk I'm, about that yesterday. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 the maker. Uh yeah, I'll help you guys out. Oh, but by the way, I'm gonna betray you at the end. Just flat out tells. <laughs> flat out tells. Okay, that's that's fine. Okay. Uh as long as you're not as a, a crazy satanic fucking serial killer and they 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 they're there to break out Norman Osborne. And Osborne is batshit crazy, and Cletus is waiting for him. Yeah. And the artwork is the palette, the reds, the browns, the way they expand when the the symbiotes are separated. I mean, they, this is a knockdown dragout. Yeah. Guts evisceration, um, howling laughter from different cells. Eviscerations. Um. Sorry, you know, an aesthetic at hand. Um, the points of view, everything in this is absolutely dynamic. I, I can't imagine how much time has been slaved on in every single panel. Uh, I can imagine they had people posing for different things. They looked up different guy getting punched in the face, lips breaking off. And then figuring out a way to breaking yeah yeah like the this was researched heavily. Spider Man has those nice big bagly eyes, which made me very happy. And in 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 some different um, because you know that's when bag that's when Cassidy first showed up in Bagley, and he's got those nice big bagly eyes. But then in certain scenes, you'll see Venom, and he's got that he's got those those soft lines around the eyes, still big the way McFarlane did Venom. And it just evolves. The, the the face grows. He's got just a smile on the mask. In, or is it a mask? You really got to check out the director's cut, uh, dear uh, faithful MFers, because this one needs to be slaved over and studied. This was, <laughs> this one, this one needs to be slaved over and studied. Cletus's clubhouse. That's the the letters instead of Eddie's clubhouse and. You get the Ravencroft initial behavioral assessment. Cletus Cassidy. I mean, they really slaved on this one. There's a shitload of variant covers, but the dude that oh, did it, well, the dude, the dude that did the uh, Blade and um, Wolverine uh, one shot did a killer version cover. Bagley did a cover and. I wonder how he felt doing it because it, it, it's that classic, just all red with a little bit of orange, with just the splotches of black all over him and the smile. And 
Who else? Oh, the the dude that did um. Space in here. Let me find it. The guy that did all the Star Wars um action figure covers. Tyler, oh, John John Tyler Christopher. Yeah, he did. Okay. He he did. If if you want a good idea of what Cassidy looks like with the with the uh, actual symbiote looks like in this, uh, what he's supposed to look like, look up look up his cover for it, like as the action figure, where it's just like the the the, the torso and lungs, and then the spine, and then just hips. And then the extra heads. I mean, there there was a lot of good work done in this one. Uh, kudos to everyone involved in this. And uh, oh, this was something that really really piqued my interest on here. Hold on, I gotta look this up real quick. Let's see, baby. The original artwork, Codex variant, covered by Addy Granov. Um, I'm gonna post it later on. Actual physical artwork was purchased by um, Adam Jones from Tool. He oh, posted, wow, right. yeah, yeah, he was slaving over it. He posted a picture of of the actual artwork that he bought along with the the Virgin variant cover, the Codex variant by Eddie Granon. Like he was super proud about that. And we've got a little less than two and a half weeks till the new piece of shit Tool record comes out, and I'm not even gonna get into that. And, um, <laughs> That's all I got for all the random comics I read that I actually thought we could mention. Uh, honorable mention, uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number four out of six by IDW. Um, Die number six was decent. What else? Dude, I read, made, I, I read as much of it as I could and then I got like, Oh, I'm over this so fast. It's, it's, major, it's hard. Major X. Oh, God. Like issue it was, zero. Dude, it was hard to even read your text about reading that. Yeah. The first <laughs> couple of pages, and it's just like, welcome to the existence, and we have to exorcise. And I was like, we made fun of all of the X puns. In the 90s, you cannot get out of the 90s, can you, Rob? It just won't be done. Rob Liefeld's Major X, who is the last guy that is protecting the mutant utopia in the future after whatever is going to go down between mutants and the Watchtower so that you can automatically just be like, oh, yeah, because you're going to do one called All Along the Watchtower. And it just, yeah, it just, I couldn't no, believe, and then it's no, like, yeah, there's time travel and Wolverine fighting Deadpool for a while, and then it was just like, over what? Like, I, it doesn't, I mean, it just, I was like, if you're going to have an X story about your character, have it about your character, but no, this is all about Wolverine, and then he decides to be, like, involved in this whole situation, because... You couldn't just have an X story pertaining to something that doesn't have anything to do with Wolverine. Nope. All the X puns and the bad artwork and the inconsistent appearances of people's faces and uh, the guns that looked stupid. It just, it was so bad. (laughs) It's just terrible. I guess the only interesting Even the guns were disproportionate? (laughs) The guns are always disproportionate. They're like... They're like two by four with no handles 
but they're like glued to somebody's hand in a I'm holding a gun like position. You know? And there's like four places of cock, like grenade strapped to it, and uh, yeah, it's it's it's. <laughs> Every time I think about a, a a gun drawn by Liefeld, I think about Pulp Fiction. You see the size of that gun? It was bigger than him. <laughs> But was, we've, we've yeah, got it was a, it was better things to talk about as usual. Well, as usual, yes, we always have better things to talk about. And I, the last time I was this excited about Daredevil was when you made me read Strange Metal, and you just said just read it. Yeah, about ten years, ten years ago. This one, I mean, we 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 jizzed all over this one last week. Um, I mean, two weeks ago. What Daredevil? Oh yeah, yeah, Daredevil, man. Um, just the him saving that crime family. And we're talking about the new one, Daredevil number nine. Uh huh. Yep. And we've got. Actually, I'm gonna read the I'm gonna read the credits, and I'll let you take point. Yeah. And then we'll have the conversation. Uh, VCs Clayton Cowles, letterer. Uh huh. Cover artist Julian Totino, Tedesco, Lee Garbett. Variant artist, Chip Dzarski, writer, Lalit Kumar, Lalit Kumar Sharma, penciler, Jay Linsing, Leeson, inker, and Java Tartaglia, colorist. This this was uh, this fucked with me, man. Uh, I understand. Yeah, we called you. You called, and we had a decent conversation about it uh, several days ago. And uh, I only just got to read read it, but I had to read it in a hurry. I was really interested in the beginning of it. Like, I go back to when Daredevil was the kingpin of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and there's a scene where Doctor Strange, Peter Parker, Reed Richards, and um, I can't remember who the other guy was, but somebody, like, they come up incognito, and they're like, Matt, what are you doing? You're the guy. And it was just funny. It was like, why is Reed Richards there? Why is Doctor Strange there? And and it was just kind of like, hey, look, we're guys that we're from here, and this is street level stuff, but, you know, we have to pay attention to it. But it was like, uh, Reed, why are you here? So the beginning of this book, or the beginning of this issue has... Matt Murdock playing chess with Reed Richards and uh, talking about God. You know, you're the smartest guy in the universe, or the guy in the world, and there's so many places you've been and so many things you've seen. Like, have you have you ever seen God? I need to know if God exists, and, and that's I just need to know. And I was just like, it's a fascinating thing to ask Reed Richards that the man, the man of science, and to get the answers that they did get, you know, there's definitely something bigger than that. Because look at all of the personified abstract concepts that we've encountered over the years, you know? Like, man, what a conversation to have. It made me think of these dipshit, like, dating apps, and they have those things like, who would be your your dinner date? It's like, well, Reed Richards would be something. But, uh... I mean, they play chess, and they have that conversation, and then Reed goes on, and he's doing his thing. He encounters, uh, he encounters 
I can remember her last name. Sophia, what's her name? Libris? Let me pull it up. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll scroll through here. Uh, he encounters the girl that he's been interested in lately. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's focus on the chess game. We're going to do this systematically. Because I've, right. I've got some bullet points on this one. Well, um, go for it, because that's where I we got, are. i got some loaded questions for you. Who won the chess game? Reed did. Who really won? Matt did. Because he outsmarted Mr. Fantastic. He did not ask Mr. Fantastic to come down and play chess with him. He wanted yeah. the smartest man in the world to tell him it's okay to go off of his leash. All right, good point. He he couldn't just hear it from any other random superhero that he respects. He tells these he tells him this is my problem. I'm I'm a Catholic yeah. boy, and being raised Catholic, uh, the, you know, the, you can joke about all you want, but you can be raised Catholic and become pagan or Wiccan as, as hard as you want, and you can make spells work, and you can see things in your mind and make things happen, but you can never escape the crushing Catholic guilt. And that's not a joke. Right. That is that is the a fucking fact. And that is what is weighing on on Matt right now. And he needed someone that was smarter than him to tell him, "You got to do what you got to do." Reed okay. won that chess game literally, but sure, all he right. needed, what what all Matt needed, was someone to truly tell him, like in 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 like and and I was thinking of this as if like it was a triptych. It was. It was reason, and then the next scene he goes to the church and he's talking to the to the nun, and uh-huh. how do you how do you keep your faith? And she's like, he's like, you've never seen God, you know. And she's like, no, but I find him in the cracks, and when I look for it, it finds me, and I know what to do. And she's like, excuse me, um, because she gets called away because there's a missing kid, and. As the door closes, he he sees the look on the priest's face and the nun, and that was the that was the crack. That was the crack, and then the the third part of the triptych is the fall to give yourself up to a higher being, whether you believe in it or not. He like I, I had to, I kept flipping back and forth. He walks out of the church, and he didn't trip on anything. It's raining. Yeah, it's it's dramatic. It's raining, and he knows that there's a, a father out there handing out flyers. And he walks out, he glasses off, and he throws himself down the stairs. He gives himself up to nothing, and then just on on his knees, he just opens his fucking mind for the first time without anyone telling him what to do or what to fucking say or what he should believe in or what he should be doing because he's been a bad guy and now he's got to be good or he's a good guy and now he's got to be bad and he encountered this this mafia family and his morals are all compromised. No, he just threw himself to the wind. And that was the third part of the triptych. And as he's on his knees, he opens his mind and his ears and he hears random gossip, people in stores. And then he finally hears what he's looking for. The the bad guys that have the missing kid that the kid's not actually missing. It's, it's, it's all a ruse. He, he, he fell into the wrong crowd, and they're going to use him to blackmail a dad to, you know, for some bullshit ransom. Don't worry, we'll get the money. He's wanting to tune out. That was the trip. This Daredevil, this, this, is, this is masterful. What do you got? Yeah, it's been incredible lately. 
I mean, am, am I off my hinges on this one? Am I digging too deep because I went to OU and you went to OSU? <laughs> Shit. Well, sometimes you have to dig deep because sometimes the answers are totally apparent. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, me right now, in my state of mind, it's just like, yeah, the, the energy wasn't there to pick up on all of that. You're, you're catching all of the symbolism and, and uh, it just wasn't hitting me. It's a good book. I liked it. I read, you know, I, I'm, it fits in with everything else that they've been doing for a year and everything. It's just, yeah, good job. But, <laughs> I didn't catch all that. But he's off his hinges now. He, he's, he's not off his hinges. He's off his leash. He, he yeah. finds, like, he, put, he puts the random mask on like he did in, in uh, every time he needs a random mask. And he's still in his yeah. suit and he rescues the kid and fucks up all the guys that are pretending to be his friends, and, and he does the crow thing, and your family misses you. And now it's on. <laughs> now it's on. I can't wait for the team-up with that, that, that renegade cop that now now his morals have been oh, dis- I know. displaced because he's been betrayed by, by, the, by the shield and, or, the, or the badge. Um, and now he's got to realize that, yeah, Daredevil ain't the bad guy here. It's Fisk. It's all. It's it's the it's the power vacuum that Fisk has left. There's some problems here, and only an unhinged lunatic fringe. Uh, um, guy with a lot of mocks. <laughs> I'm concerned. You know, I, I I went through it so quickly that the uh, the the uh, the cop character is getting framed for beating up that dude. Nah, in the nah, that, that was that, that was just a message. Yeah, I guess so. No, that was just a message. That was just leave. We're we're done with you. Like you you you, you smell our shit, and we don't like the fact that we can tell you can smell our shit. Leave, and we didn't hurt you. We hurt your friend. Just leave. I mean, they could have beat him up, and then he would have been more resolved. But they 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 found someone that he loved. What better way to get someone to really truly listen to you? Yeah, to hurt the, hurt their loved ones. That's one of my favorite comic book issues of all time. I, I would say that's probably in like my number twenty or, or top thirty or top thirty issues. That was a fucking killer issue. Yeah, we didn't even even mention the uh, pretty racy scene at the end. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's the uh, that's the that's the the cherry on top, man. Like uh, yeah, he goes back and he's. Uh, I can say some lurid things, but he takes his prize. And she he takes gets her what prize he wanted, too. you know? He like, gets yeah, what he I wanted. don't have to worry about this stuff. I'm going to do oh. what I need to do, and that means I'm going to nail this chick, and maybe it's going to hurt that family, and it's going to bring them down a little bit, or maybe it's just going to be me getting what I want. Yeah, but that scene, like, just popped up a million different flashcards in my head of when I yeah when I took what I wanted and yeah that was nice but it wasn't mine I don't take things that don't belong to me anymore but that was nice like you you, you saw no flesh the, the way they posed the legs yeah it was oh yeah it was yeah. just about the body uh the body organization there. Yeah. It's like, this is a scandal. 
It was hot. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not gonna lie, dude. Like that fucking gave me a fucking. Oh, it's three rage. frames of hotness. Yeah, that that that's that's Ooh. some. That was some goodness, and if they can capture that every now and then in a good Marvel comic book, fuck it. But this you gotta one get that Bendis and Believe Daredevil Volume Two stuff when the uh, Black Widow is like, I need a place to hide out, Matt. And he's like, uh, yeah, sure. married. <laughs> <laughs> you should totally hang out, but um, I'm married now. Oh come on. So yeah. Um, I uh. Wind things up. I finally watched. Uh, Glow season three was terrible. Did you watch the whole season already? No, I I, I got like five ish episodes in, and I was it's it had, it, none of anything it should have been. It, it lost all its luster. Um, oh, like it it was so bad I couldn't even enjoy. Um, the blonde getting just railed, and it was a hot scene. I was like. This isn't, isn't what it should be. This sucks. I, I don't even enjoy this. Um, it was just, it was a bunch of fucking girl drama, like high school girl drama. I'm like I'm not putting up with this. I mean, like I love Mark Maron, but maybe yeah. it's best. But like I, the Rocco's Modern Life that premiered, it was not funny at all. I couldn't even finish it. Uh, finally watched the Pikachu movie, the Detective Pikachu, and it was mm-hmm. it was sweet. It was sweet. I'm waiting to uh, review with you the uh, Batman Hush that just came out. Okay. And uh, also, what else is coming out? Not too much. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but the stuff that... Like, yeah, really. Real, and the game real, came out on DVD. And real meat potatoes. Watching, uh, if you're not watching Discovery, Star Trek Discovery on uh, CBS... All access. It comes out on DVD in November. I waited and I watched the first season much, much later when I got the DVDs, and I like watching them on DVD. But I don't care. Uh, that really, really boils down to. I mean, if I could find an easier way to watch it, I, there's no reason not to subscribe. But uh, what else? I'm looking around and thinking about what I got. Dude, I went home and I uh, picked up that stuff and I uh, for that rental I'm doing. And uh, I picked up a bunch of bunch of books. I know we commented on it last night, but I've got my Ultimate Spider-Man stuff. I was like, I want to reread the Death of Spidey, the Ultimate Death of Spidey, and uh, figure out Mar- Miles Morales coming into things. And uh, I got my Michael Mann passion book, coffee table book about Michael Mann nice. movies, because I've been hanging out with a at a dude with a dude at work who was in. Oh, that's one of the reasons. I wanted to see if I could spot him. Uh, I've been hanging out with a guy who was a stunt performer and occasional actor who was also gripping on this movie I'm working on. I wondered if I could find him in any shots in there. Because he got this awful photo of somebody with glass in their eyeballs from uh, Man. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, The one with the guy from NCIS? Uh, no, um, CSI, yeah. CSI, and then, uh, who played Lecter? It was Brian, um... Brian Cox, yeah. Brian Cox, and wasn't he in the, uh, Spawn cartoon? Brian Cox? I'm, I don't know. No, I'm thinking about someone, uh, I'm thinking about Ronnie Cox. There's, there's a different Cox in that one. Ronnie Cox. No, I'm, I'm... Yeah. 
it, it, I'm serious. It, uh, it, there is a cox in that spawn, and I'm not trying to be funny. No, for real, yeah. Keith David, Richard Dysart. Oh, maybe I'm completely wrong. Nope, Ronnie Cox. Yep. Ronnie Cox is in uh, Total Recall. He is he's the villain in uh yeah, in that in Robocop. And he Robocop. also plays Captain Edward Jellicoe in in Next Generation. You are gonna like that episode. He's the dude that's always making the jokes, right? I don't he, think so. He's the meme of all the jokes. The next gen jokes where he's like Oh yeah, right? right? Yeah, that's sure. that's him. I've gotten that far. He dead? Nope, still alive. 38. Goddamn. From Cloudcroft, New Mexico. That is a fucking meth-ridden piece of shit fucking town. Mm. Tasty meth. It's got that, it's got that good high-quality meth, that, the medicinal meth. <laughs> Whatever. <coughs> Sorry, man. Uh, I've had the coughs for a while, man. Dude, yeah. Sorry about the fatigue and the illness this week, guys. We are just Crushing it in, in in the rest of our lives right now. We really are, man. I got a promotion at work. Um, actually, I have decent savings. Um, got I finally got my creme de la creme drawing board. Uh, my parents bought me the like my mom, my dad, and my sister bought me the the big fucking like official like I'm a comic book writer drawer. <laughs> it it reinforced yeah. and. The stacks of the paper with the blue lines. It's super official because I'm really doing comics. Blue lines. Oh, that means it's legit. Yeah, man. Dude, I tell you, man. You know who drew the coolest Flash I've ever seen in my life was Gunther. Oh yeah, right. Uh huh. He sold that motherfucker for seventy-five bucks straight up, just gone. That's cool. Yep, he was just penciled. But that's all I got, man. I'm 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 beat. I found some good dance music. I'm probably gonna have to start. I've been. I, I haven't told you this, but I've been getting really back into dance music again, and I'm probably going to start yeah. just posting fucking, like, mixes. Right on. Don't worry, it's European. I will listen it, to it, them. It's Euro shit, so. Euro shit. Yeah. I remember years and years and years ago, I went to this nightclub, uh, and uh, a guy who was a DJ, I think his name was Lars. DJ Lars? Noise. DJ Lars on uh, from the from one of the real world seasons, and like that's why we need to go because it's DJ Lars, and it's like I don't remember a thing about the music. Was there some guy named Mike Miz hanging out there? <laughs> <laughs> Mike Miz Troyan, and you're like, who's that douchebag? With surely he'll never be a wrestler that's actually popular and really good. Actually, amazing. Yeah. What a career that guy's had. I'm happy Seth won the belt back. Um, I'm not happy that Sasha came back in, like, different colored hair. Like, she attacked uh, Becky, and, like, Becky was just posing while she got in the shot for chair shots. It was, it was, it was shameful. Like, she was posing and holding while Sasha took her time to hit her with a chair. Like, basically, like, imagine me posing and holding myself back, just waiting for you to punch me in the face. And then you hit me, and then I sell it. Like, yeah. you had, like, ten seconds in between. It was, it was, it was shameful. Well, not ten seconds, probably, like, three or four. But enough 
for even like a, a, a standardized WBI to be like, what the fuck is she just standing like kneeling like that for? Just uh, I've got my back out. Sure hope no one hits me in the back with a fucking chair. Uh, yeah, that's what it looked like. It was just and then horribly uh, rendered. Yeah, and then Bray comes out with his new flashlight and his Slipknot mask, and the the the, the flash the, the the lantern is a horrific representation of his actual face. And I don't know how the hell he got away with that or why they even thought to do that, but hopefully someone got paid some good money to do that. Like Savini, Tom Savini designed the uh, the mask for him for for, yeah. for Bray. Some of the shit that's going down with him lately, the character is kind of getting over. I mean, it's just so weird. They're just like, "What? Well, keep doing it," and without the wrestling, you know, though. I haven't seen a, a minute of it. I haven't seen him wrestle anybody. Yep, he just happened at SummerSlam and. Like, hey, uh, you watching SummerSlam? No. <laughs> grilling, I'm grilling with my dad watching fucking NASCAR. Anyway. Yeah. I'm Enjoy pl- those days, man. I will, man. I will. And uh, I appreciate you just even sharing that with me, man. But I'm, I'm fucking... Oh, dude, I am wiped. Dog tired, man. It was so nice here in the rain this morning. And then the sun came out about 4 o'clock. And the humidity soared. And uh, I was like, oh, I've been clean and comfortable all day. And then, blah, I'm just, just, it's like I just walked out of a pool. Oh, I know. So, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, man. It was like 75 degrees here in Colorado. I was drenched. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> this transmission is coming to you. This is dangerous. This is Whatever. dangerous. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck Josh. Right in the ass. Whatever. He's an asshole. All right. Over and out. All right, good night, man. Bye. Bye. See you all later.